Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church. Actually, you wanted to say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, wow. That's one of the loudest ones I've ever heard. Uh, it's July something. What day, what day is it? July 23rd? 23rd it is. Sold. We have uh, the chargers starting this week, so make sure if you don't have already one of these, um, grab one on your way out, put it in your placard if you're ever visiting the church during the week. And it'll get you, it'll get you parked. Um, if you're new, or if you just want to write some stuff in this, make some uh, or make some notes. Send it with the the offering when the offering plate comes past. We got sign up and come together two adults gathering, managing losses as we age, led by uh, Reverend Sharon Yeagerlinner. And I think uh, Jane Bates has been kind of organizing this. And make sure you show up to this thing. Make, you, every one of you got one of your flyers in the order of worship. Today is corrections. Corrections from the covenant call. Our database, is, I don't know what it's doing. But there is a Kim Farless. But her birthday is... June 24th, not July 23rd. Kim Frost, who is now Kim Shup, her birthday is today. So reach out and say, I, I texted Jeff yesterday, he, do you have a sister named Kim? And he texted back, yep, is her birthday tomorrow? Nope. <laughs> so correcting that, we got all kinds of systems failures, but... We got a bunch of people that love Jesus and a bunch of people that love each other. And I'm happy with that, and I'm sure Jesus the Christ is too. Let's stand up and greet each other with a holy fist bump. Oh, before we do that, anniversary. Elsie and George. One clap, one clap only. One, two, three. Bam. Give her a hug and pour love on her. Those people are amazing. All right, now greet each other with the holy fist bump. All right. All right, all right. If you aren't already doing so, please remain standing for the call to worship. A couple of announcements that I forgot at the front end uh, before the call to worship is. One is 53 years of marriage for the Tolbert family. One clap, one clap only. One, two, three. Well done. Also, there's people. Yeah, I love that they love each other. Also, we'll be prayed over the, in the service. Sharon's going to be praying over us. Um, we're headed out for camp. That's where my wife is. She's still packing, and we're going to lead a, a team of eight up to the hills. Um, really excited about it. I'm extra joyful. Danny was like, you're a little, little extra spicy today. Uh, but that's why. I can't wait to get up the hill. I love camp. Uh, and then one other thing is if you have done parking thus far, it wasn't a waste of time. I, would, I did parking on Friday, and five cars came in. And it was like, okay, that was kind of a bummer. Last night, it hit. It hit, and it, it hit big. And so we brought in 900-plus dollars. And uh, thanks to uh, Marsha Millar organizing that, and mainly Atkins family organizing that. Praise God for... Um, And there's just a lot of interacting when that happens. I love that. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 138. And I've been reading from, actually it's Philip's fault. He said, hey, why don't you read from the King James instead of the Passion sometime? And now I'm addicted to this King James stuff. Um, One of these days, Susan White's going to be, because there's nothing better than a British voice reading the King James English. But the... um, I will praise thee with my whole heart. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and thy truth. Let's worship the Lord singing, O love that will never let me go.
what we're going to do at this time now is pray for the campers. And are there any of our youth that is going to camp here? Nope. So we'll pray for them for when they get here. And we'll pray for the leaders. And join me as we pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for this beautiful world you have created. And we give you thanks for the opportunity for our students to spend a week in the mountains enjoying that world and the camp experience. We give thanks for all who made this possible, the youth leaders, the many members who supported fundraisers and made donations to cover the cost. Now as the day of departure has arrived, we pray for the students and advisors who will be going. We ask that you give them safe travels on the freeways and into the hills. Guide them through any challenges. We pray for the youth, that this may be an enriching experience from the moment they arrive. We pray for the health and safety of everyone at the camp, campers, staff, workers. We ask that our youth have open hearts for the messages they will hear daily and for the joy of being in God's creation. May they form new friendships and strengthen old ones. May they glorify God in all that they do. We pray for the advisors going with them. Give them endurance, energy, and patience to be loving, Christ-centered leaders as they guide and nurture our youngsters. And then bring them safely home, filled with new understanding and increasing love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky, and you know them by name. You are amazing. Struck we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim You are amazing God You are amazing God You are amazing God so strong He clouds the call to heaven along Oh, praise Him Hallelujah Thou rising moon in praise rejoice lights of evening find a
The prophet Nathan said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. We come in the same manner, confessing our sins and asking God to blot out our transgressions and forgive us. Pray with me. Glorious God, we praise you for claiming us as your own in Jesus Christ. We understand that along with the blessing of being your children, you have given us responsibilities. You ask us to forgive as we have been forgiven, to love as we have been loved, to reach out to strangers and help those in need. We confess there are times we ignore these responsibilities, wanting only personal blessings. Please forgive us and help us to depend upon you more and more so that more and more we can reach beyond ourselves with the love of Christ. Amen. Do not fear, says the Lord, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Cornell. You did all the heavy lifting. That's wonderful, right? That's exactly what this sermon's about. Um, that's wonderful. We're in the summer series called Shuffle Playlists, and we're going through the lectionary texts, and the lectionary texts are basically the text that the church, capital C, is preaching on, studying around the globe. Um, and that comes into play in this text. We're looking at Romans chapter 8. First of all, Romans, written by Paul. It's theology. It's Christianity 101. I don't know if you've ever studied Romans, but it's, it's got it all in there. Paul, uh, greatest missionary the world has ever seen, puts all of Christianity into this book. And we are reading right towards the middle end. And Romans chapter 8 is Christians, people who follow Jesus, second Exodus people, like I've been preaching about for a long time, um, new creations, those hidden in Christ. Romans 8 is looking in the mirror And seeing what God sees. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is who you really are. A guy named Origen said that every follower of Jesus should memorize Romans 8 in the Greek. I haven't done that. But I cling to the first part of it. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? This is later in that chapter. And we're going to look at it. It's Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery 
to fall back into fear. But you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies, For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that you would slow me down. As my mind is kind of already up the hill at this camp, I pray that you would slow me down, use my words, may, may your words come through this vessel. May my words fall to the ground and be quickly forgotten. May your words cling to each and every one of us and change us from the inside out like only your words can. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're debtors. We're debtors not to the flesh. We're debtors to the spirit. And then he lays out just simple facts. You got the flesh. You got this world. And it leads to death. Do I need to elaborate on that? I don't think so. I think of all of us in this room have experienced that. All of us have been at the end of a, of a rope where we feel abandoned and we feel hopeless and we feel the futility of all the things that the world has to offer to satisfy a soul that was created for the one and true God. That's the only thing that's satisfied. Amen? Amen. And then he lays it out and he says, so you got this choice right in front of you. You choose life or you choose death. And it's simple as you choose the spirit or you choose your own flesh. You choose this world. And then he's, he comes down harsh. He, he sneaks in that harsh little statement. Did you catch that? There's the flesh part that's going to be trying to creep back in at all times. And what do you do with that? It starts with a K, ends with an ill. Kill it. Kill it. Did you ever see that movie, 180 Days? I don't recommend it. <laughs> I think no other, I don't think any movie has made more people throw up in the theater than that movie. It's true. There's a scene in it where it, it boils down to this rock climber cruising around in either in Colorado or in Arizona, I forget what he is, but he gets trapped and his arm is trapped in this rock and he has this choice. He needs to cut off his arm and live, which is already dead, or just die there himself. And he cuts off his own arm and lives to tell about it. It's very similar to Jesus, right? 
when Jesus is talking about living in the kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount, when he's, he's, talking, he's talking to his disciples, he's talking to us, and he's saying, when you live in the kingdom, it's good to have your priorities straight. And you put being with the King Jesus and being with the Holy Spirit and being with God at the top. And he ends up saying, you remember he says, it's better to limp into heaven with one leg than to walk into hell. And it's better to go into heaven with one eye than to go to hell with two. Paul is basically saying, as you look in the mirror and God is seeing things, as you see yourself as God sees you, God is telling you, listen to my voice. Listen to my voice only. Do you remember last, last week's sermon? Listening. Being still. Paul's saying the same thing. Saying the same thing as Jesus right here, right now. And then what's he say? And then he says, if you look in this mirror long enough, you start to see something. I'll make it personal. I look in this mirror of this scripture that we're reading. At first I see blue eyes. I see the... I, like my, I see my dad's eyes, you know, you get the pretty blue eyes. Then I see kind of a hefty man. <laughs> Husky is how they put it, you know, when we were growing up. And then I see hairy. Very, very hairy. I'm not wearing any shirt. Just kidding. But I have a lot of hair. Anywho, that's first glance. Then you start looking at this text and you start seeing other things. I start to see this little guy made by God, crafted. Paul in other places calls each of us God's poema, his poem, his masterpiece. It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Anything about you is, it's not a mistake. You start to see yourself as the creator sees you, as this masterpiece. And you start to see yourself as this holy child of God. You start to see yourself as the privileged child of the creator of the universe. I'm starting to remember a time where I was in this room and it was actually my dad was the head deacon, and he was doing the Easter sunrise service. He was doing the breakfast. We would get up, it was Massachusetts, we'd get up at like some crazy hour. And, um, and I've mentioned my dad before, right? He's a little rough around the edges, right? And get him up at four in the morning, he's a little more rough around the edges. <laughs> put him in a kitchen, which he never is in, he's a little more rough around the edges. Have him making breakfast for about 40 people, a little more rough around the edges. And I remember he's in the kitchen making flapjacks and doing the bacon, making sure everything's happening. And people are getting anxious out in the fellowship hall. And people start going back and they're saying, Charles, and Charles, my dad would just look at him, you know. Don't you talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't you say another word. If you want a pancake anytime this, this morning, you, you better not talk. He, he would flash his eyes like that. Um, this illustration has flaws. But I remember walking straight into that, into that back kitchen, and I come around the corner, and my dad first looks at me like I'm a stranger, 
but then he remembers it's me. And he called me Peanut. And he said, Peanut, you want some bacon? And I remember going, absolutely. (laughs) And so I'm eating bacon in the kitchen while all these people are waiting for their breakfast. I get that picture when I read this text. The God of the universe sees you as that child. Not a nuisance. He literally gave his son for you. And Paul is saying, you're heirs. You're in. You can come to the Father at any moment, anytime, anywhere. All access. Does that count in the middle of the night? Yes or no? Does that count when you're stressed? Does that count when you're calm? Does that count when you've been wronged? Looking in this mirror of how God sees us, it's so freeing. I'm of the same mind of origin. Maybe not memorize it in Greek, but go to this text a lot. I know I do. Then he rounds the corner and he says, as you start to look, you'll notice in this mirror, you'll start to see the world as God sees it. And he paints the picture, if you get still enough and you listen, the world is actually groaning to be redeemed. Paul was green before green was ever green. He was the first tree hugger, right? That's this text. He says, if you listen closely enough, the creation felt the effects of the fall. It's perfect, but not, no, it's actually just not quite right. And it's groaning. It's groaning with birth pains of being a new heaven and a new earth, of being a second exodus planet. Before he starts doing that, I just remembered, he puts a really, like a, just a handhold, a gold nugget right there, right in the middle. He says, are you suffering? He asks, he asks us as we're looking in this mirror, are you suffering? And you raise your hand if you're suffering. Raise your hand if you're suffering. If you're not suffering, maybe... Come back next week when you're suffering. (laughs) Because there's going to be suffering coming on. And he says, if you're suffering, here's a trick. Seal away that future day when everything is made new and put it in your mind. Cling to it. Hold it tight. Hold it so tight to you, after a while it becomes you. Help is on the way. Hope is on the way. New creation is on the way. The completion of our second exodus is on the way. There will be a day where we will be dancing on streets of gold with Elizabeth Van Dorn. And my mom. And fill in whoever you're missing. There will be a day when there will be no calls out of the blue. I've got cancer. There will be a day where I wake up and I won't be sweating. (laughs) Right? It goes from little to small to huge to everything. Redemption's on the way. And he says, and then he goes into creation waits, and it's got the groaning of birth pains, and then we're waiting. And as we wait, we have these birth pains. And as we're sounding out these things, and the Holy Spirit shows up, and what happens? 
hope rises up. If you look in this mirror how scripture describes you, if you sit still long enough, you'll realize you are beloved and you have hope. At all times, you have hope. You aren't alone. You aren't abandoned. God has you on top of his mind. He has your name at the tip of his tongue. And then Paul digresses and says, let's talk a little bit about hope. Real hope is just like faith. In that if you see it, you can't really hope for it. Real hope, real faith comes as we listen to the voice of God and him and him alone and allow him to define us amidst our suffering, our pain. Hope comes from God. And it's it's almost blind. Biblical hope is is walking in a dark room and knowing you'll be safe. Walking in this dark world and knowing it'll work out. Then we hope for a little while and what happens at the last? What he talks about. Second Exodus people, you are loved You have reason to hope. And if you know that you're loved and you have reasons to hope, no matter what, you'll become more and more patient. Who's someone patient in your life? Shout it out. Say again. Spouse, your spouse. First person that God brought to my mind, Elsa Ihara. She's patient. Notice the people that in put that person, that patient person in your mind. That person tends to say, "This too shall pass," right? They see perspective. They see around the corner. How do you apply this? Well, obviously, you go back to this over and over. That's my first application slash challenge. Cling to this truth that we are children of God. You are a child of God. Remember your baptism. Remember that you were baptized into this true person that is being described here in Romans chapter 8. And no one can take that away from you. That's another part of this whole, this verse, or this chapter. Go back and read and find it. And if you're suffering, i particularly speaking, Paul is particularly speaking to you, hold on to the glory that's to be revealed. Wait with creation. Receive hope and receive patience. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. We believe, help us in our unbelief. All these other voices are defining us and these voices are louder than yours. I pray that you would still us as your people. May your truth define us over all other lowercase truths. We plead for you, we plead for you to do this. And all God's people said,
worship. Um, I still like to say on the podcast, if you're listening on the podcast, you can still send your tithes, gifts, and offerings. And thanks for listening. Uh, send your tithes, gifts, and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. For those amongst us in the sanctuary, this is our second week. We're going to be passing the plates, and I couldn't be more grateful to God for you and for how he's providing this local outpost. This morning's tithes, offerings, and gifts are received. the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And with that thought in mind, let us go before God in prayer. O God of summer and winter, heat and storms and all seasons, we praise you for our amazing country and world with all its seasonal highs and lows. We give you thanks for summer and its time of rest and relaxation. We seek you, O God, and make supplication to you, not only for ourselves, but for our neighbors, who you have commanded us to love as we love ourselves. Hear our intercessions, we pray. Amid the babble of human noise, help us to be still, so that we can hear you speak to us. Compassionate God, we have come to learn from you who are gentle and humble of heart. 
as we seek to follow your example in our worship. Prepare us for your service in this church and in the community. Bless all who serve you through service to this church, the deacons and elders, those visiting the sick and aged, teaching classes, maintaining the property, managing the office, paying bills, making music, reaching out as volunteers, serving at the coffee hour, committee work, and more. We pray for this church and its congregation. Guide us and direct us into the future you have planned for us. Help us to hear your voice above all others. Hear our prayers for our country and its leaders. Give them guidance, we pray, that we may be led in ways of truth and justice. We pray for the areas across our country where fires rage and storms flood and tornadoes wreak havoc. Be with the residents of those areas. Protect them from the elements and send assistance for those who need to rebuild homes and lives. We pray for the fair and the chargers that bring so many people to our community. We pray for your protection of all visitors and that they may be welcomed to our community. We pray for safe travels for our members as they too travel. Hear our prayers for those in anxious times, times of decision-making or uncertainty. Give them trust as they put themselves in your daily care and keeping. Be with Jim Carlisle, Patty Ernest, and Kevin Sorrell. Heal the sick, strengthen the weak, comfort the sorrowful, send friends to the lonely. Give shelter in the comfort of your wings to all who need it. Be especially with Jeannie Leake as she had been hospitalized. Bring her healing. And we remember, too, Debbie Sweat, Pat Leahy, and Keith and Buzz Coslin in their health struggles. Direct us and help us, O oh God, that in all our works we may glorify your holy name. With courage, may we proclaim your word and complete the work you have set forth for us to do. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand for the singing of our final hymn.
some more applications for my sermon right there, right? There's another one is get lost in the love of God this week. Get absolutely lost. You remember playing hide and seek? Get lost in the love of God this week. Um, Receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.